Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, we invite our guests, and you know how I feel about them. They are the modern-day sages that are just happen to stopping by and uh, putting up a chair and folding their legs and become comfortable and having a um, an experience with us, a conversation, private conversation, so that we can learn and gain wisdom and knowledge and uh, assist us to become better human spirits. Molly, welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you so much, Ken. Thanks for having me here. It's just a joy and a pleasure to join you today. You are so welcome. I've been excited about this meeting, and uh, I want to get right into it. I want you to tell us uh, some of the things that you have created, if you have uh, any services that you provide, uh, things like that, so we can get a, a, a better perspective of what you have created today. Well, thank you so much for that invitation. And for most of my journey, I've been a one-on-one, hands-on practitioner, healer, uh, lover. And I, during the COVID experience, it changed all of that. So I have changed to being an online kind of presence where I meet with mm-hmm. people uh, one-on-one. I also teach classes through a local college here on meditation and awareness, um, conscious breathing. So mm-hmm. the tools that I tend to use help people in a one-on-one conversation. And I'm also creating an online course called The Alchemy Adventure, um, nice. where we get to explore 
the truth of who we really are, to come home to the truth of who we are. And so that's my main avenue is personal one-on-one coaching or conversations, uncommon conversations, to discover more of who we truly are and the, the reality of the true self. And um, so that's what I offer right now is one-on-one coaching and soon awesome. to be the online adventure. Excellent. Yeah. I love it. Um, I believe, as you mentioned uh, about the meditation at the breath, Molly, is the gateway from the, um, uh, the natural realm into the spirit realm. That breath that we take um, in when you are uh, a practitioner of meditation, as I know for me, it was that bridge that took me from one plane to the other. So I always uh, uh, um, tell people to get into meditation, find whatever it is. Uh, some people, um, I like the classic form of meditation. Some people do not, can't even handle that. Try it if it's vacuum vacuuming in the home, if it's something that causes your mind to come into a space of rest whereby you can take that deep breath and make the transition forward. Uh, so here we are. Uh, I want to go back as our custom to, um, to, for you to introduce yourself to us as to your family. Um, how was that? How did your program begin? <laughs> yes. Well, I'll start at the very beginning. My okay, mother okay. told me many years later after I was born, she said that when I was born, she felt a joy enter the room, mm, oh. a, a kind of a shimmering joy. And I, I mentioned that because I think that is the true nature of who we really are, mm-hmm. this luminous, shimmering kind of joy. Yeah. A quiet joy. And and so it was wonderful that she could recognize that because this was a woman, my mother, who had persistent panic attacks. She could barely wow. function in the world. We wow. had to have people in the house to help her because she couldn't really cope. Mm-hmm. Um, she had so much fear that some days I would I would wonder where she was and try to find her. And I would find her in her bedroom with a paper bag on her head. This is the best that the doctors could do Hmm. to try to help her to balance her CO2 and oxygen because she would get so hyperventilating that she couldn't cope. And it would, the more she tried to fight her condition, the worse it got. But coming back to um, breathing, I think it's really interesting that the doctors, even back then, found a way to help her balance her CO2 and Hmm. her oxygen so that she could she could slow down enough yeah. from the fear thoughts and her resistance to her reality to kind of come home a little bit. And it was really my mother continuing to search for answers to get out of that fear box that she was kind of stuck in. Mm-hmm. It was really her search that began to free me to, or show me a different way. Wow. She started studying Buddhist teachings in the mid sixties and that's and she never ever said you have to understand this or you have to come this way um she never imposed yeah, a belief yeah. system on me we were raised in the christian tradition mm-hmm. originally so that gave me some good grounding yeah 
um, in basic understandings, but I also, there was much I didn't understand. And then when she began exploring Buddhist teachings, I began to understand thought and how it interrelates with reality and what the true self is. And she had many Rinpoche's to the house. She had Alan Watts to the house. She had all these luminaries of the day. I don't even know how she did it. Wow. So early on in my life, my mother opened a door for me through seeking her own freedom that allowed me to come along. So in yes. my mid, um, early 20s, she mm-hmm. sent me a book from Deepak Chopra. Yeah. I read the book. She read the book called Perfect Health. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. had my mind open to meditation, yeah. Vedic meditation or transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. And that was that opened me up to a whole new world. Yeah. I began at that point to understand as I meditated the truth of the essence of my essential being mm-hmm. or our essential being as peace itself. Yeah. You know, as a, as a meditator, you probably have come to recognize that too, that the quality of our true self, our essential being is that peace, that quiet joy. Yes. Love. Mm-hmm. That's the essence of our being. So I began to discover that. And that was the beginning of the layers of conditioning, the fear, the, mm-hmm. the traumas that I too have experienced as a yeah. child. Um, my parents were very loving people, but they were trying to do the best they knew how to do. They were following doctor's orders yeah. <laughs> and they left me in my crib to cry it mm-hmm. out. That was the <laughs> edict of the day. You know, you had to learn to, uh, they were hoping you would get yourself trained to be able to be on a feeding schedule. Yeah. They were hoping that you would learn to just cry yourself to sleep and get on a sleeping schedule. Mm-hmm. That was the thought of the day. Wow. But what it does to an infant is it leaves you feeling alone, alone in the mm-hmm. world and terrified yeah. because there's no sense of connection or support. Yeah. So it's very traumatizing to an infant. And it took me a long time to understand what had happened that that actually shaped my brain, my mind, my awareness, my perspective in a way that was based on the beliefs, I'm all alone in the world. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with me. You know, why am I not wanted? So these old, very old layers of belief began to fall away in my 20s as I began meditating, Mm -hmm. began learning through Deepak Chopra and really following his writings, following him, um, two speeches that he would give. And eventually I ended up working at the Chopra Center oh, wow. as a healing arts master. Wow. It was like a dream come <laughs> true. So, yeah, so that's just a little thumbnail sketch. I've also, um, I'm, I'm so thankful I had my mother as a fellow traveler mm-hmm. on this journey because we would discover things like meditation and talk yeah. about it. And as I would discover something, I would share it with her. Yeah. As she discovered something, she would share it with me. Mm-hmm. And we eventually took Buddhist vows, um, went to India to take teachings from the Dalai Lama. Uh, yeah. We have, we've explored so much in this world. And even in her passing, mm-hmm. she taught me so much about who we really are as love itself. Yeah. That there's nothing to be afraid of in that transition that happens. And she said yeah. to me before she passed away, she said, two things I want you to know, Molly. Mm. I will always love you and nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> and it's true. I feel her yeah. closer here in my heart 
than ever. So it's just a change in, in form. Yes. And she's still here. Yeah. They can quantify the, um, the energy, uh, that leaves the body, um, how much it weighs and all of that stuff, uh, which is really fascinating upon, uh, death. I've been reading articles now where they're studying people's brain as they're passing. And it seems as if it, um, when they're passing, it, the part of the brain that is activated is the part of the ba- brain of memory and uh, stored memory. And they're now believing that, um, as people uh, testify, especially with, um, uh, if they're in an accident, they see their lives pass or flash before them. They believe that is the same thing that is happening to that individual while they're there on the bed, which is really a fascinating piece um, that I've been uh, doing some research on. And so uh, that uh, you had mentioned about love and the opposite of that we see when someone is walking in, in that hatred, you see the deformity of their face, uh, their energy, everything is magnified. And when someone is walking in the space of love, that energy is magnified. So it's a tangible, um, it's a tangible thing that can be seen, that can be experienced. And, um, it is great that your mom brought you to that, uh, piece earlier, um, so that you can get a chance to walk through with her, which is awesome. That's a great opportunity to have. How many people have that chance with their their parent to learn together? You know, that was uh, awesome that you had that opportunity. Yes, and her mother too. My grandmother wow. came along with the whole on the whole journey too. Her mother. Um, oh, wow, that is yes. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and. There, you know, just speaking to this aspect of understanding ourselves as love itself, mm-hmm. as awareness itself. When my mother was transitioning, we were right there. I was right there with her. And she began to feel afraid at one point. And this is just, I understand it can happen sometimes when the body is beginning to break down and that, and the awareness is beginning to leave the body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I gave her a homeopathic remedy, which she had asked for. She wanted to be as awake and aware as possible as she transitioned. Hmm. Didn't want to be like, and some people it it works another way where there, it works fine to be medicated, but she wanted to be totally lucid. Yeah. So I gave her a homeopathic remedy and then she calmed right down Hmm. and she became so present in love. And she said, it's time to go get your dad. So I, I brought my dad in and he knelt by the side of the bed and I said, would you like me to leave? And, and they both put their arms around me and said, please stay. Mm. So they're looking at each other and she's just with the most beautiful love looking in his face and says, you're the one. And he looks at her and says, you're the one. Wow. And they just, they were both crying these beautiful tears. And she had asked me to do some chanting. Mm-hmm. But I sang a song that she used to sing to me mm-hmm. as a child. And she was singing, and then she couldn't sing anymore. And you could see she was trying. She could still hear. Yeah. But you could absolutely see that animating life force, the spirit, Leaving. soul, was 
leaving. Yeah. And then she was just, and it was so beautiful. It was just love. Yeah. You could see it just leaving. And, and it was the most, one of the most touching moments, I would say the births of my children also mm-hmm. have shown me the beauty of this, this being that we get to share in this world. Yeah. And so I, um, I am very honored to have had a mother who could help me learn all the way through her life wow. and is still helping me learn yeah. in her own way. That is such a powerful imagery that you gave, um, um, that you have just deposited to us. And I am really appreciative of, uh, that, uh, uh, story that you shared and the, you can feel in your presentation of it, you can feel that energy of love as you talk about it and see it in your face. And so I am honored. I thank you so much. As a young 20 something year old, as you began to experience the, um, power that is within uh, meditation. And as you began to learn about yourself, how did you manage some of those feelings that you um, had began to program yourself with as a child in that crib? How did you overcome uh, those um, thoughts? How did you begin to uh, through your meditation, began to master them? Such a great question. Because as I was meditating, for the first time, I could begin to see the nature of the mind, how it's always creating meaning mm-hmm. out of everything. It's trying yeah. to understand what it's seeing and put a meaning on it. And in the process of meditation, the type that I learned, transcendental meditation or Vedic meditation, the practice is to come back. If I notice myself on a thought and a pattern of thinking to come back, Mm -hmm. not to try to fight the thought, but just to come back to being aware of being aware. So I began to see that not all of my thoughts were that where they were taking me wasn't where I wanted to go, Mm -hmm. that they, when I followed them would sometimes create feelings that were really rough. Yeah, some of really afflictive feelings. So I began to see that thoughts, those patterned, habitual, conditioned thoughts, which had become beliefs. I don't think Mm -hmm. thinking is a problem. It's really the beliefs that become a problem. Yes. So like, for instance, a belief that I had from my childhood was, oh, I'm not pretty enough, Mm -hmm. you know, or I'm not good enough to be included. Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, I always felt like I was a part as a child and always trying to work to be included with my sister and her friends, yeah. you know? So these were some of the beliefs that I brought from my childhood. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. Nobody wants me. Um, and those thoughts would create these feelings mm-hmm. of sadness and separation and aloneness. And so I began to see in the process of meditation, oh, that's just a thought that's taking me somewhere. I can get off that thought train and come back to this present. And when I would, I would feel the essence of my true nature, my true self, which is that peace, Mm -hmm. which is the openness, which is love itself. So I began to see that in that process of meditation early yeah. on. 
the power of belief. Yes, go ahead. It is. Uh, no, your, the power of belief. Mm-hmm. It governs your life, Molly. The belief system is given to every man, even an atheist belief. And so um, that belief, belief system, um, I do, when I grew up in the, in the church, uh, uh, we would see Jesus always went to his disciples, he says, where's your faith? And the faith is used to help you to believe. And the purpose is that once you believe it, whatever that is, it becomes a reality to you. Um, it becomes your own. You have now own it within your spiritual being. Uh, nothing can separate you from that except you. And so um, the power that you talk about, that um, I invite anyone. I did the same type of meditation. I invite anyone that is listening to begin meditative class and meditation classes because it is in that seating, that space right there, as Molly is talking about, the thought, the exchange of the thought, uh, traveling and going places. And once that thought begins to travel, it creates certain emotion. Then that emotion creates your body starts reacting certain ways, whether it contracts, whether it frees up. So you see the process clearly. And that, uh, as it manifests in your body, that's how cancer comes. That's how a lot of diseases come into the body of the human spirit because of this. And as you learn that process and see, and you now begin to own it in this fashion. Own it to me, meaning that you have that revelation. Now you have the power to make decisions where you are no longer drifting in life. You are making a decision. And once you, Molly, begin to start making decisions, oh boy, it's a different ball game because um, it is a purposeful expression of your belief power. Absolutely. That's such a good point. I call these choice points. Mm -hmm. As I became more aware of seeing where my thoughts would take me, if I followed them and my beliefs, Mm -hmm. there was a choice point. Yeah. And this is what meditation, at least the type that I learned, allowed me to see too, is that, oh, I have a choice once I see Mm -hmm. that I am following a belief here and a thought train, I have the choice to come, to let that go, to get off that train and Mm -hmm. to come back to my true self, which is peace. And I began to understand the truth of who I am, the truth Mm -hmm. of who we are as awareness itself, consciousness itself. And I believe that that is enlightenment, is that understanding of our true nature and the qualities of our true nature. Yes. And it's available to everybody. Everyone. Every single one of us. Yeah. Um, there are times in my meditation, I remember that when I first started, um, I would take off. Uh, there were times that my spirit, I felt my spirit would take off and heading to places that it, it happened so fast because I, I began to grow. Um, I had to learn how to bring it back <laughs> and slowly uh, um 
uh, travel where you go to different uh, uh, um, uh, location, you experience certain uh, feelings, certain insights, uh, you get deeper revelation about things. It is amazing what happens when one began to truly meditate. I remember studying some of the ancient um, martial artists, and these men would do fantastic feats once they get into a state of meditation. You see them today um, when they're able to do certain things because when they put their mind in a certain state, everything um, that is in the natural realm uh, become servants to it. Absolutely. I, I saw some marvelous, yeah. I saw this woman doing a martial arts demonstration. She was about 90 pounds and she got into her state and she uh, closed her eyes. She did her meditation and then they invited people to come and move her. No one could move her. Watch that. They couldn't move this 90 pound woman. Big men trying to move her could not move her. Why? Because of her power. She understood what she can do as an individual from the state of meditation. And so it is a powerful location to be people. I invite you, and I know Molly will, to invite you to get to that space because it will change your life. You, um, I remember reading a book, uh, um, uh, Think and Grow Rich, I think it was, or one of those. Uh, it says, we become godlike in this fashion that we are able to control our thoughts. To me. It represents the power of who we are, and then we can move and manage our life. So as you begin, Molly, learning these um, these uh, techniques, I don't even want to say that, you begin to learn as, as to who you are, the reality of who you are through the formation, uh, the form of meditation. As you begin to move from there, how did you begin to interact with those that are around you um, gaining this insight that you are now uh, beginning to learn about who you are and the power of your thoughts and your decision capability. How did you start to manage relationships around you? Thank you for that question and, and allowing me to reflect on this. Uh, <clears throat> at that point, I had two small children. Hmm. And so I first noticed it in my interactions with my children. And it really began to, my experience with what I was beginning to understand in meditation was helping me to make sense of the early teachings I had gotten in the church. I was raised mm -hmm. as an Episcopalian first. Mm -hmm. And there were many things I didn't understand as a child. I began to understand the golden rule, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So I began to love my children and respect them as I would myself mm -hmm. and other people as well. It began to inform my way of relating yeah. that I wouldn't treat others in a way that I didn't want to be treated. Yeah. And I would treat them in ways that I would want to be treated. Both. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that began, and I really think that was because of beginning to understand through meditation, the essence of my true nature, our true being, yeah. its qualities of love and peace and awareness. And it was the felt sense and knowing of that, getting to know that mm -hmm. more and more that began to like ripple out into my world. And for a time, I was married at the time and I I, I kept trying to help my husband see mm -hmm. this. 
I asked us to go to therapy and I, but I didn't realize that he was caught up in his own conditioned thinking and patterns of trauma mm-hmm. that were running his perspective and that, you know, that old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah. It has to come from within. Yeah. It, and I've come, I've been humbled by life to realize I can't know what's right for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I can offer my support and my love and help if people are asking, but it it's that awakening and to the truth and the freedom of that truth from yeah. within. Yeah. There's a, that Jesus really begins Ma- to go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, Jesus I would love to hear a, what you're going to say. Jesus makes a statement, Molly, that, used to trouble me for, for many years as a reader. Um, those who have ears, let them hear. And as I began to understand what he was talking about, there is a responsibility upon the hearer to be ready to hear. It is not, uh, we can't always spoon feed them. <laughs> uh, we can't always think about Um, hurting, not hurting, or all of those things. What needs to be said has to be said. But it also, there's a responsibility upon the hearer to be ready to put in the work, to have all the things that are necessary to hear, although they will never hear. Yes. And it actually became, I mean, he eventually did want to come to therapy and I really give him a lot of credit for beginning to open, but it really helped me to see there's no way of forcing that journey. The best mm-hmm. I can do is live it myself, Yes, be that love myself and surrender to that love and ask awareness itself. How do I respond in this situation? Yeah. What would be helpful here? Mm-hmm rather than imposing what I think is the right way or what I have seen that I think someone else should see. It's rather, how can I speak to this situation in a way that will be helpful for all? And you become a servant from that openness. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A servant to love and awareness. To love. Yeah. You become this living servant. And um, I remember when I started to get those lessons, I began to serve. Why? Because I wanted what I was uh, serving. I wanted that to happen to me as well. So as I began to learn about who I was, Molly, I began to realize that um, it is one of the highest form of, of privileges that can ever happen is for me to serve someone else. And as I serve them, it was my expression of me loving them from that place. Uh, so you become a servant, Molly. It's really fascinating. So well put, Ken. It, it, it really is. And it opens up a whole new possibility for yeah. relating in mm-hmm. the world. And I think this is where we're going. This is yeah. where we as humanity, as <clears throat> consciousness itself, we have this possibility mm-hmm. to actually live this way. And there yeah. are those of us, clearly you're one of them who is living that way. And the more of us that live this way ourselves, yeah, it, it, it begins to ripple out yeah. when we really understand. I call it expanding understanding. Yes. It's the expanding understanding of who we are. Yes. Love itself, awareness itself. The purpose of Threads of Enlightenment is to have this conversation like this so that people are aware of what is, um, what is happening 
you know, this platform is to, so that we can have this conversation, this exchange of, um, revelation, because as you and I are talking, uh, more things are happening to me. I'm seeing more aspect of, uh, certain areas and, um, way of thinking, belief system are being, um, being made, I'm being made aware of that then I as an individual need to have um, a honest conversation with myself. <laughs> and isn't that how it goes? This is yes. the beauty of the spiritual path of relationship. Mm -hmm. Because as you share something with me, I see something more. There's a possibility to see more and yeah. to self-inquire, to see yeah. where I might still be hardening into a limited belief or um, something that would separate me from you mm -hmm. or see me, have me seeing myself as other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful, um, one of the harshest thing to watch. Um, the principle, uh, even in the Bible, it says, Judge not, uh, because you will be judged with the measure by which you judge. And so, um, we have this principle that, uh, uh, God has laid out and people are ignorant of it because we have a system and a society that is judgmental in its approach to living and how we look and interact at each other. And I think if we learn and have that aspect of the principle that this judgment that we are uh, feeding into someone, it will reciprocate back to us. And I think if some people are aware of that, maybe one or two will not be that judgmental, but come from the space that you're talking about, that pureness of love that causes you and I, when we walk like that, uh, that we become servants. Uh, we saw that in the life of Jesus when he served his disciples by washing their feet. I mean, if we think about that for a second, you would lose your mind because he is the representation of God Almighty, period. Then if he is the representation of God Almighty, then God is washing the feet of his creation. What a mind-blowing picture uh, to, to show us how to behave toward each other. What a powerful uh, imagery. So beautiful. Yeah. What a beautiful powerful imagery and understanding you know that we we are here to love we are here to help one another in this love to serve to to help one another see through this love the truth mm -hmm. of who we really are and it starts with us mm -hmm. and and recognizing for the longest time i didn't understand this something that jesus also said i am that yeah mm -hmm. i am that i am yeah it is the I am and the quality of that I am. You could say this is Christ in all of us, the Christ yeah. consciousness, or mm -hmm. is the, the consciousness of our very being, the being. quality of that yeah. is love. Yeah. That the quality of being, our, our shared being, is love. So from that understanding, there is no real other. There's the appearance mm -hmm. of other. Yeah. But we're all an expression of this beautiful being, Therefore, reverence is called for. Yeah. 
if it, um, you know, all the body is, is a house. And when you, have you ever went to drive into a neighborhood that the houses all look the same? It's kind of creepy. And so um, everyone, the body is a house. It doesn't matter um, where color that house is. But when you have a lot of houses, colorful homes in different uh, community. So beautiful, doesn't it? It looks absolutely beautiful. You see the, when you look at each home, you look at the person's um, identity, personality about the paint they pick, plants that they put in the, 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 the yard, the type of car they drive. Even the husband and wife, they may drive different cars based on sometimes when they stand in that dealership is based on that individual personality and the need. So for me, it is, um, uh, it is fascinating to watch how we argue about uh, the house and miss the value <laughs> of the people that are in yeah. the house. And so it's really fascinating to watch us. We are still... Uh, young children, I believe, as a as a human species, that we are still arguing about the color of someone's house versus the person who you're speaking to. Here you are, you're talking, uh, we we're talking about the expression of love. You began to learn and see the difference with your children, and you began to walk in this space of uh, loving uh, uh, individuals and from the basis of loving yourself. Now, how did it come about where you decided to um, create a program where you can uh, now uh, help someone? How did that come about? What was the, uh, the catalyst, the process by which that happened? Well, really, it was through my own suffering and, mm. and having to realize that I wanted the freedom myself of living in joy and love myself. And mm. as I began to explore how to do that, I began studying conscious breathing. That's another way to come home to the true self or to um, calm the, the nervous system of the body enough that one isn't operating out of this uh, difficult kind of uh, uh, patterning from trauma left over from childhood. You know, yeah. it, it, yeah. it allowed me to step out of that patterning enough to come home again. It's just another way home, right? Mm -hmm. Conscious breathing, coming, using the breath to come home to the quality of the true self, the true being. Mm -hmm. So I began to discover on my own journey, trying to heal from lots of different traumas that I experienced yep. throughout my life to come home to this essential being, my true self over and over. And I found these many ways, conscious breathing. I studied tapping for a while. Um, I studied all these different ways to allow those patterns that mm -hmm. were left behind as these traces of trauma in yeah. my perspective. I call them uh, practiced patterns of perception <laughs> that are painful, right? Yeah. That's the P. Yeah. Then the that my acronym is Psst. Hey, I tell myself, Psst. Hey, that's a practice painful pattern of perception that is based on a separate self that is in survival. Yeah. That's the S. And then the T is this is the trace of trauma. Yeah. So I began to get these little downloads as I was looking for these ways to easily come home again. Mm -hmm. So meditation was one, conscious breathing. Mm -hmm. 
tapping. I learned, I became an expressive therapist as well, mm-hmm. learning to use creativity itself yeah. as a medium, a way to, to express the true nature and come home to the true nature. Yeah. So I also studied relationship and, and how to be with feelings with Gay and Katie Hendricks. And so through my own exploration, I began finding all these different tools, different ways to come home, different paths that yeah. would bring me home reliably to mm-hmm. myself and to that greater spaciousness of being and awareness rather than this us versus them yeah. mentality of that the separate self is based on, which I think the world really struggles with. And coming back to your comment about the houses, that was such a beautiful analogy <laughs> um, that the Buddhists would call our suchness. Mm-hmm. Each of yeah. us has this, the, a different way that our house looks, yes, which is yes. to be honored. That's our it's, suchness. Yes, exactly. That's our diversity. Yes. That's our beauty, too, an yes. expression. Mm-hmm. Like, I might be a rose, you might be a daisy. You know, yes. it's all mm-hmm. beautiful. It's just an yes. expression of this being, this interbeing that we are. Yes. Mm-hmm. The problem happened in my life, in my as I began to understand, when I believed things that weren't true that caused me to suffer, these old patterns of practice perception, mm-hmm. that's, that's what began to lead me toward thinking, oh, I could share this with other people. Mm. Anyone who's looking, they might want to know about those paths home. <laughs> yeah. Right? And to learn these skills so that they, they could come home too. Yes, yeah. So I began thinking... Okay, that's when I became a holistic health practitioner. That's when I became a licensed massage therapist. All this training mm-hmm. that I, I took on so that I could begin to offer to people in ways that might be useful to them. Yes. These paths to come home so that they could recognize their own true nature. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've ever received the kind of touch or a massage where it would allow you to come home to the essence of your being, to, to let go. Of yes. all of the patterning, a really good massage will will do that. Yeah, and so I began discovering all these ways. Reiki, I became a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking <laughs> this might be a way I could offer to people. <laughs> right. So when COVID happened, another great opportunity. Yes. It was like, oh, I get to pivot yes. now. Now I can offer it what I what I know online, and I can offer these skills to groups of people who want to come on the adventure yes. with this adventure home. Yeah to who we really mm-hmm. are. So that's that's how I began coalescing all of these skills and tools that I had learned over a lifetime and began thinking, well, there might be people that want to come with me <laughs> <laughs> to explore more, you know? Yeah. Which I think is what you're doing too, Ken. Yeah, yeah. I I think um I I think the reason why we go through all of these challenges is so that we will become an even more uh, effective teacher, um, a more effective servant, a more compassionate servant, a more empathetic servant. I believe that is the reason and the purpose that we go through. Some people cannot be trusted to go through those things because they hold on to it and they never, uh, they never share. But I believe the ones that do come out and understand the purpose of the pain. Uh, those are the teachers that you would want to follow because, and I believe that that teacher, when that teacher, he or she speaks on that specific uh, uh, incident that 
uh, situation that took place. There is a power, uh, the Christian uh, call it, there's an anointing that goes along with that. Why? Because, Molly, they believe it. And because they believe it in every single cell in their body, every word that comes out of their mouth is coming out with such power that it once received, it produces good fruit. And so I absolutely believe that that is the reason why we go through the things that we do, so that when we minister and serve others, that that dish that we put together to them is so tasteful. They can only go, oh, my God, I want some more of this food. How (laughs) did you do it? And that is when we get a chance to sit down and explain what ingredients we put into that dish. That is what I believe we go through all that we go through for. I love your analogy, and I agree. And if I could help one person to get free from those old patterns, Mm -hmm. the painful patterns of perception that trauma leaves, you know, the, the antidote for me, the, if, PST, the pst is painful patterns, separate self on in survival mode, traces of trauma. The other side of it, the antidote is presence. Yeah. The I am, which is mm-hmm. love the, and surrendering. Yeah. That's the S. Mm-hmm. Presence, surrendering. Yeah. To the truth. That's yeah. the T. And the truth is that love. Yeah. And I agree that we, we come through all of these experiences so that we might awaken to the truth of mm-hmm. who we really are, and then be able to share that with others yeah. um, in a way that, that allows for more freedom in yeah. the world and more joy and more yes. love. Like you said, the ingredients are so tasty that you want to come back for more. It isn't yeah. like drudgery and punishment <laughs> and you know yeah. practice. It's more like, I get to do this. I get to share this with people. Yeah. This way to freedom and joy and love and more fun. And more diversity, more beauty. Yeah. The joy that it brings to the teacher is unexplainable. Um, That when we see someone's eyes open wide and they actually got it. And when you see that moment there, oh, my Lord, it is one of the most uh, beautiful experience that an individual can have. It is the most, uh, one of the most intimate exchange that happens uh, that is powerful upon this planet. Um, uh, it, it is a powerful, intimate moment when that look in the eyes open and you as a servant uh, and you and that person as before you uh, uh, realize what just took place because now they can get up and begin to do the same. Yes. And, and we have no idea the, the power of the impact of that love as it's rippling out. Yeah. Who that will Mm -hmm. touch. And I, I so resonate with what you're saying. I spent thousands and thousands of hours in treatment rooms in the quiet, in the dark with people in this beautiful hands-on experience of honoring love itself mm-hmm. as a hands-on healer. And to see at the end of our session, when people would open their eyes, 
it was exactly that that was like my my greatest gift mm-hmm. is seeing the look on their face of that. And one person even said, I remember who I am now. <laughs> wow. I'm remembering who I am. Or they'll say, thank you. I feel such peace. Yeah. You know, all that's happened is that they have let go of enough to go back to their true nature. And they're getting a taste of that, that joy and that deep peace, the peace that passeth understanding, maybe yeah. for the first time. And yeah. we have no idea how that will impact the world. It's a joy. Yeah, Jesus went in the garden. He was sweating blood because he, he didn't want to let go. And then he, at the end of it, this, this conversation that he's having with his father, he said, okay, okay, I surrender. Not my will, but yours. And then the minute he did that, they came and they took him. But the battle was with him. He didn't want to do this. And so all of us have to go to that place. Uh, many of us have to go to that place where we have to make, we're forced to make that decision. We are in a situation where you have to surrender. There's nothing else in your ability that can, that, because you, you, you hung on to the last bit and then there's nothing left in your ability <laughs> to hold you on. And then you have to surrender to that and allow this new power to come in and this new change to happen. And as a decision uh, that he made, that uh, he was able to uh, accomplish something that needed to be accomplished. And as a result, many people around the world can benefit from that as well. So you and I have to do the same. We have to do the same. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, it is a surrendering of the illusion of control. Yeah. I surrender the illusion of control that I think I have and my agenda of how I think it has to go. And when Mm -hmm. I do that, it opens me to the possibilities, an endless multitude of possibilities that God could express through me. Yeah that God could actually use my awareness in a way that may be of service that I can't even see yet, but that Mm -hmm. this greater knowing could see and, and offer through me. But that metanoia, the the surrender has to happen first. Has to happen. Has to happen. This has been, uh, I, I have been excited about you coming and um, I cannot tell you how much I've learned from this conversation, Molly. And um, I know, oh. would you believe it's it's an hour already? And I'm, I could go on another oh hour. Oh, my goodness. Two hours. Um, I, I swear, <laughs> I, I could keep going. Um, but I want to thank you for coming uh, at uh, Threads of Enlightenment. <laughs> I, I swear to you, this has been such a beautiful um, exchange. Um when yes. I have to bring you back, I have to bring you back so that we can continue this conversation so that those that are listening would be able to make changes to the life. Um, Molly, thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. And it has been an honor and a pleasure to have you here with us. Oh, Ken, thank you so much for the invitation. And it is our, our speaking together that created this, whatever was to be shared, our surrender, yes. our service that allowed whatever wanted to be said to come through. And yes. it's just a joy to be a part of it. Yeah. 
It is. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for, for you in the world and all you're bringing. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.